following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We're back. Another week, offense, defense, and discourse. I'm your host, Mike Jones. Got John Brown with me as always. Yes, sir. Hardest working man out here. I'm trying, man. Man, John, all-star break this week. Yes. So you had a full week off from the NBA. Yes. That does not mean the sports world stopped. No, a, not at all. Not at all. Oh, there, there are other things. Things are starting to happen in the NFL. Yes. Joe Flacco on the move to Baltimore. Nobody in Baltimore misses. I mean, that's on the move from Baltimore, yeah. excuse me. No one misses him. I think they will. You think they will? Oh, I definitely think they will. Okay. Um, unless Lamar Jackson suddenly figures out how to throw the ball this offseason, there's going to be a problem. But, that, but let's see. That's not the interesting news this week. The interesting news this week is it coming out of the Ravens division, though. The Pittsburgh Steelers, man, Mike Tomlin, the start of his tenure with with Pittsburgh. It Everything was, was all good. Oh, man, he's the – Ten ne- years ago. How long has he been coached now? 2006, 2007. It's been 10 or 11 years. Okay. He's been there a little while. Yeah. But he got there, won a Super Bowl immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, not immediately, but fairly early on. He's, yeah. he's the golden kid. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved playing for him. Yeah. His defenses were great. Everybody played hard all mm-hmm. the time. All was all was good in Pittsburgh. Things ain't uh, – it's not like that anymore. It's Things not like that at all Things have slightly anymore. changed. You know – Guys who once were talked about in the vein where, oh, he's a what, a fourth, fifth round pick wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He's, wow, he's overproducing. Mm-hmm. They they got a steal there. They coached him up. That used to be the talk. Oh, Le'Veon Bell, he he might be the best running back in the league. They, mm-hmm. they got a real weapon there. Mm-hmm. That used to be the talk. <sighs> but what's the talk now? That this is a team in shambles. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell is gone. They're not even going to use the tag on Le'Veon no, he, Bell. No, he's, he's gone. He's an unrestricted he, free agent. Yes. He's out on the market. He's gone. He's gone. The Le'Veon Bell era in Pittsburgh is over. They're, you know, it, that's that's done. And uh, and honestly, we're just stating the obvious. So I'm going to ask you a question, mm-hmm. John. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this to you. Okay. You want to start with the running back or you want to start with the wide receiver? Let's start with the wide receiver, actually, because the run, to me, the running back news is old. We know we knew Le'Veon Bell was never coming back to Pittsburgh. We didn't know that. We, we, we've we known that. Now it's just official. Now we just know that it's done. Okay. But this whole this whole A.B. stuff, this whole Antonio uh, Brown stuff is, is crazy. Is the situation crazy or is the player crazy? I think the situ- I think it's the situation. You think it's the situation. I think it's the- I think it's the situation over the player. Okay. Well, but that does not absolve the player from a little bit of crazy. Oh, I mean, the two are not mutually yeah. exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. It is possible that that the situation it- and the player both have a little mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. I think this is a crazy. This is a crazy situation that is heightened by. A somewhat crazy player. I like how you said that. Somewhat crazy. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, th- I, I think in his comments, 
in the narrative that he pushes, there is some truth to it. But how he pushed it, how he presented it, how he articulated it, mm-hmm. lends itself to, hey, man, this dude is crazy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I mean. You you could be as right as you want to be and still be crazy. Yeah. That, again, the two aren't mutually exclusive. Not, it's mm-hmm. possible that all these all these things mm-hmm. can exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. He can be right. The situation can be crazy, and he can be crazy at the same time. Crazy people can be right about things too. Mm-hmm. So where do you stand? In? All right. Well, first of all. You know how I feel about wide receivers of this ilk. Yes. That being said, I'm not going to sit back and act like I think Ben Roethlisberger has been the perfect teammate through the situation. Mm -hmm. He has not. He's taken a lot of things to the media, taken things publicly that I don't necessarily think I would enjoy being handled that way if I were his teammate. Mm -hmm. And then when you add the fact to it that What's the guy's name? Kevin Colbert, the general manager in yes. Pittsburgh, comes out and says the things he says, like Ben Roethlisberger can call out whoever he wants. He's Big Ben. He earned it. Or Ben Roethlisberger could call me out if he wanted to, and I'd be okay with it. When the GM says things like that, now, now I'm going to use a phrase that got someone else in trouble before. Oh, oh boy. Well, this, this is your but, podcast, so. But – when the GM uses a statement like that, at that point, we've been, we're in a situation where the inmates are running the asylum. Okay. Well, here's here's the difference. Here's the thing: you don't own an NFL uh, franchise, <laughs> so therefore, you could say, and it's cool. But I actually just used it in the same context that the NFL you owner did, mm-hmm. and that and my point is, I think is very valid. Mm-hmm. We've crossed the line. Where there's supposed to be separation between player and management, mm-hmm. player should be player and have a player-player manage- relationship with mm-hmm. his teammates. When you get to the point where you make a player have management type of authority, mm-hmm. management type of say so over what happens with mm-hmm. the t- rest of the team, it changes the dynamic between a player and a teammate. Do you feel like? Big Ben criticize public being able to publicly criticize teammates. Do you think that steps over in the management? Do you think that's the man? Like when you say players making making management type moves, having a say in management type moves. Okay. What do you mean? All right, I'll say it, I'll put it this way: If a player says something about his teammate publicly, mm-hmm. negatively about his teammate, that should not happen. Mm-hmm. Until those conversations have been handled privately first, and you're at a point where there there's really seems like you're up against a wall and no other way to get your point across. You want to keep things in house as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you have any brothers? Yeah, I got, I got one brother. You got a brother? Yes. You and your brother ever ever fight? All the time. Still fight. Okay. You and your brother fight. You want the neighbor in your business while you're fighting? No. Okay. Somebody else from the outside wants to fight your brother. How you feel about it? He got to fight me too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the relationship with the teammates should be a similar bond. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to go through struggles in-house. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. allowed to beef in-house. But I don't want the people from the outside getting involved in it. It's not their mm-hmm. business. 
And if somebody from the outside tries to attack my teammate, no matter what, mm -hmm. that's still my teammate. Mm -hmm. That should be the environment we're looking at. Th that's not the environment that we're talking about in Pittsburgh. Though. That's not what we're talking about in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Because what we're looking at in Pittsburgh is Ben Roethlisberger feels more like a parent than a sibling. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that can chastise you and put you in your place. Mm -hmm. But you just have to take it and can't say anything back because the front office is giving him a clearly delineated line of like authority, position of authority over mm -hmm. the rest of the team. And that's where I, that's where I say it crosses into management because the front office has actually come out and said he has an authoritative position over mm -hmm. the rest of the team. It's not like he's just the alpha in the locker room and mm -hmm. Assumes that position and guys fall in line naturally. Because it's like, I mean, here's the thing. It's like you, I feel like the Pittsburgh, G, the Pittsburgh GM took it a step too far. Because, exactly. of course, the quarterback is the leader of the team. And, of course, the, quarter, the quarterback might have, the quarterback will have more leeway than other players on the team. Yes. But that's you know, that's one of those unwritten rules that's best left unwritten. Exactly. They they it's, put it in writing. Exactly. Yes, they put it in writing. It's like there's probably no difference between the way Ben Roethlisberger, you know, what Ben Roethlisberger wants to do mm -hmm. and Tom Brady or Philip Rivers or Aaron Rodgers. But have you ever heard Tom Brady go to a press conference uh, and say that's what, that's what Julian Edelman messed up on yeah. this route and there would we would have got it right, but he ran the wrong route or that's where I'm going. That's Gronk where I'm going with this. Gronk yeah. didn't know the play, so yep. so we got to get. Do you ever, have you no? He Tom Brady may say we need to do better or we didn't mm -hmm. execute some plays mm -hmm. to the best mm -hmm. of our abilities, mm -hmm. so we have some things we have to go work on. He'll say it that yeah. way. So he'll acknowledge there was a fault, but he won't say whose fault it was. Mm -hmm. It was the team's fault. No, I, no, that, I agree. Uh, that, that, at least in yeah. public, in the press conference. Yeah. Now, if you want to go in the locker room, close doors, and he's letting somebody have it, letting them know they need to know, yeah. that's fine. Because you see, but that's you what see, I mean, the in-house yeah. fight with brothers. Because you you see, you've seen Tom Brady do that before with offensive coordinators mm -hmm. and different people on the sideline. But it's, but it's never been like he's never taken that a step further and going to the media with whatever his beef is. Exactly. But what I'm saying, I guess what what I'm saying is, like, Pit, the, where Pittsburgh went wrong was in what we just said, putting it in writing, saying it, articulating, hey, this is what he can do, this is what he does, this is what he can do. Exactly. And now, and now, look what you've done. Because, because I, f I feel like now you're. We we've already agreed. We've already established. Le'Veon Bell's out the door. Now we're going to get back to him, and we'll get we'll we're get, gonna back get back to him. to him. But now Brown wants out. Brown wants out. Brown and, wants out. And let's see. And to be clear, I didn't think it was going to happen because of the contract situation. Mm -hmm. But apparently, Brown, the Rooney fam, the owner, mm -hmm. the GM, the agent, mm -hmm. they all sat down. They met and. It was apparently an amicable meeting, mm -hmm. but they all came out came out of it agreeing that a trade would be best. Yeah. So now it's looking like the trade is going to happen, mm -hmm. regardless of a, the close to twenty million dollar cap hit Pittsburgh's going to have to take to do it. 
I don't know if they they discussed some sort of situation where Brown restructures his contract to give mm-hmm. back some money to facilitate the trade or what. But one way or another, he's getting out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Would you want him? Would I want Brown? Would you want Antonio Brown on your team? My team is the Eagles. And and, and let's and let's be clear, they're also apparently the asking price is starting at a first round pick. At a first round pick that's for, what, for Brown. That's I, what I'm here. I would say, you're asking me would I want him on my team? He'll come I, with a twelve, thirteen million dollar cap hit mm-hmm. cap number. I would say no, but more because of the contract than ability or personality. And, and he'll be thirty years old too. I, I think like I said, I thirty years old doesn't scare me as much you know, as much as that contract scares me. Okay. Forget the Eagles. Okay. You're a GM of a T. I'm in, I'm definitely inquiring about it. You're inquiring about it. what yeah. would you be willing to give up? Honestly, I I think I would be willing to give up a first depending on my team and whether or not I believed my team was ready to win now. I think okay. so, um, I, well, let me let me let me, let me, let me give you a couple hypotheticals. All right, let me let me give let me present one to you first. Or I shouldn't say it's a hypothetical, but let me just make this one real quick point first because I feel like Amari Cooper was kind of the blueprint now. You saw what Dallas did, and you saw the dividends that, that it paid off. That They I won think, one playoff game. But I still think people, a lot of people view that trade as a, as a success. I think more people view that trade as a success than they, they do a failure. They won one playoff game. You hate Dallas, so of course that's going to be your answer. But what I'm saying is more no, people – No, I'm serious. I'm, I'm – I'm wondering. That's why I want to go where I'm going okay. next. So let's say, for example, you're the 49ers. Mm. You're in a division with the with the Rams mm-hmm. who have this high-powered offense. Do you take a chance? But you have a you think you ha- you believe you have your quarterback at Garoppolo. Do you take a chance on Antonio Brown? I would at least I would. I would at least inquire. And remember, you are in a division with the Rams. You're in a division with the Rams, I guess, because you're going to have a good tra- draft pick again this year. You've mm-hmm. picked, brought in some good young talent to draft the last couple of years with multiple first round picks. Mm-hmm. But you don't. But you don't have. You, and you oh. believe you have your quarterback. Mm-hmm. I would at least inquire. I, I. I would. I. That's the team I could see doing it. All right. Now. All right, so here here's the thing. Okay. Unless you're a t- like let's say a team like San Francisco that is kind of underwhelming at the wide receiver position. Underwhelming is a good word. I'm I might consider. Mhm. If I'm a team that has even serviceable receivers, mm-hmm. I'm not interested at all. Okay. Because wow. and anyone who's anyone who's listened to me before mm-hmm. has likely heard me say this before. But name a oh, name a diva me first type receiver that's won a Super Bowl since there's been a salary cap. There's been a salary cap since 1994. The closest you've got is Michael Irvin. 
And he wasn't really that. He just liked to party. Mm. But he wasn't really a me first type of guy. He was on the field doing whatever he had to do. If he got a couple catches, because it was a different football game. Mm-hmm. Receivers weren't out there expecting okay. 15 catches a game. All right. Just for conversation's sake, mm-hmm. not that I necessarily disagree with you, but in your opinion, because I want, I want to put it out there, what makes Brown a me first diva wide receiver? Have you heard him? I'm, 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 I want you to lay it out there. I want you to articulate it. Okay. Now, I'm not going to – because I didn't take the time to prepare the quote, so I'm not going to try to misquote him. Mm-hmm. But I would say this. I'd say it this way. Take time. Listen to some of his interviews, press conferences, and mm-hmm. just pay attention to his choice of pronouns and descriptors throughout the way he talks. Yeah. It's always presented from the perspective of me, I, not – we, us, team, I did, I can, and then you watch his actions. It's always about drawing attention to himself rather mm-hmm. than the team, or you're going to get a penalty and a fine, a fine that hurts you personally and a penalty that hurts the team if you do that extra gyration in the end zone. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? Let's go <laughs> do that extra gyration in the end zone. <laughs> Screw the team. You know, mm-hmm. that, he's that type of guy. He's shown it repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So that's not the type of guy I want. I want guys who are about team. You can have fun. Mm-hmm. You want to go party, joy life off the field, great. When I'm okay for, with that. When but it's time for team, it's time when for it's team. When it's time for team, it's time for team. Like Gronk. Like Gronk. Okay. Gronk is as much of a knucklehead frat boy as you've seen in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But when it's time for team, Gronk's out there doing his job, whatever the team asks him to do. Whether it's two catches and he's out there throwing his body around blocking, Mm -hmm. or it's 10 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns, he's going to do his job. Mm -hmm. And he's not complaining after the game, well, we'd have won if they'd have got me the ball more. Mm -hmm. You know? They'd have won if the whole team would have done everything better. It's... and that's these little things, the subtleties you pick up on mm-hmm. when when you pay attention to the way a guy like Antonio Brown addresses the media, his way he speaks in his press conferences, mm-hmm. and his actions on and off the field. They let you know what type of guy he is. Okay. So when you see this situation, when you see the de- the deterioration mm-hmm. of the Steelers team. Who do you put more blame on? Do you put it on Brown or do you put it on Roethlisberger? I put it on the GM and the coach. Okay. First and foremost. Now, as far as Brown and Roethlisberger, I think they share an equal amount of blame. They're both grown men, which both Mm -hmm. responsible for their own actions. And as teammates, both have a responsibility to the team to – Help the t- they get paid millions to help the team win, mm-hmm. so they both have responsibility to do what they need to do. And I think mm-hmm. at some po- point, on some level, they both fell short of that. Mm-hmm. But first and foremost, I put responsibility on the GM and the head coach for allowing that type of environment to develop in the first place. Mm-hmm. They empowered a quarterback and marginalized other players to a point where this kind of dynamic was capable of existing in the first place. Mm. So that's why I put the 
the onus of the responsibility on the front office, the management side, rather than the players. So at what point now? So now, what do the Steelers do? Get their draft picks and keep going. What else can they do? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess can they write this shit? You've given Ben Roethlisberger all of this power. The entire league now knows that he has all of this power. Mm-hmm. You're not going to – I mean As- – If you assume that all the guys left in the locker room are guys that are on good terms with Ben Roethlisberger, you're all right. Mm. How realistic is that? I don't know. But if if you assume everybody is at least on – decent terms where they have a good working relationship, you'll be okay. Guys don't have to be best friends to be teammates. Mm -hmm. Do you see Ben Roethlisberger, do you see him I guess to compare this to some you saw the early offseason using the air quotes controversy Mm -hmm. that the Eagles found themselves in with Carson Wentz. And Carson came out and said, hey, you know what? Some of these things that they're saying are true. I'm going to work on it this offseason. Do you see Ben Roethlisberger being able to have a moment like that, saying, hey, you know what? I had a a player call me out. You know, GM. That's a fair question. Hmm? That's a very fair question. I'll answer it this way. If after a loss, he's the type of guy that comes out and points figures at other people, Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to be the type of guy that comes back now later on and is <laughs> introspective and looking at himself and saying, maybe I need to do this and maybe I need to get better? People are generally consens- consistent. No, I understand that. But now you, you're you sitting here now fa- facing now a hard rebuild mm-hmm. after you've now watched your starting running back basically say, I'd rather and if you're sit tr- at home and not play with you. And now your star cor- uh, uh, wide receiver – calling you out in the media. And if he's true to form, the thing is that if he's truly consistent to who he has been in the past, mm-hmm. he's the guy who will be sitting home like, man, Antonio and Le'Veon really messed this up. I wish they'd have done this or I wish I'd have done that. Mm-hmm. And he's not thinking, oh, man, I, I could have done this to help make them stay or I could have done that to help make the situation better. Mm-hmm. I, you know, And that's why I say I put pr- blame on – Multiple parties equally as far as players. I don't, I don't think there's only one me first player on that team. I think there are a few of them. And that if that's allowed to exist, the team can't succeed to its potential based on the talent that was there. Mm. The talent that was there was phenomenal. Okay. But there was always something that kind of held them back. And now we're starting to see what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? No, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I I just think it'll be interesting to see what Ben says moving forward. That first sit-down interview, and you know people are clamoring at the bit to get that, you know, that Ben Roethlisberger speaks for the first time. Since. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're going to be waiting mm-hmm. for that one. So it, it, it'll be very interesting to see what he says and his take on this. Okay. So, real quick before we take our first break. Okay. Two questions for you. All right. One, if you had to guess 
Or your best guess. Mm. Where would you say best fit for Antonio Brown is, best fit for Le'Veon Bell is? Mm. I think the best fit for Antonio Brown, just off the top of my off head. Off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, I would say a team like the Colts. For Le'Veon or Antonio? Oh, I'm sorry, for Brown. I'm starting with Brown. Okay. Like team like the Colts play with Andrew Luck. Put him across from T. Y. Okay. Hilton. Yeah. So you have a speed guy out there with mm-hmm. him. I, I, I just off, and that's just off the top of my. I don't know their cap situation. I don't know. Oh, I understand. Yeah. We haven't done the yeah. research. We're yeah. not saying on any of these things are yeah, actually. That's, that's just plausible. We're just we're yeah. just spitballing here. You know. Um. Let's see. Le'Veon. <laughs> I would say Le'Veon need to move across the state. <laughs> you need to get on 76. Come on out here. Come come east. Even with the type of money he's going to want? Well, once again. Now, that's, that's a team yeah. we are a little more familiar with yeah, their that's cap a, situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'm, once again, I'm, 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 I'm basing that on the same thing. I'm basing the whole uh, my, my Antonio Brown question. You know, okay. I, I, would just, I would say a team like a team that need, a team ready to win who needs that running back uh, to put them over. Okay. So no, no. Feel free to answer your own question. We do still <laughs> have some time. Why don't you answer your own question? Well, Antonio Brown. Was, for me, I see that being a team like that I mentioned earlier, like the Forty ers Okay. There appears to be mutual interest from parties on both sides. Mm-hmm. There is a need for a real number one receiver to go with the quarterback. They just invested draft picks and contra- and a new contract into. Mm-hmm. So they're heavily invested in go- to Garoppolo. So if you're going to be invested into your quarterback, for better or worse, you have to put the pieces around him to help him succeed. Okay. How well that's going to work when you don't get the benefit of having the quarterback through his rookie contract where he's actually affordable is another story. Mm-hmm. But – that's where the 49ers find themselves, and they do have the ability to at least have a lot of young, affordable talent on defense, which helps balance it. So if I'm them, their team, I might be interested, at least w- worth the risk. Mm. And the good part about trading for a guy, his contract number will be high, but all the guaranteed money will stay with yep. Pittsburgh. Yep. So if it's not working, I can cut him and get that money, get my, mm. get my cap room back. So for for a team like the 49ers, yeah. Now as far as Le'Veon, if I'm the Eagles, I might actually be interested, depending on what the cap number is. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Packers, I'm interested. Mm, that's a good choice. That's a good answer. And if I'm the Colts, I might be interested. Teams that have good quarterbacks could use a good running back to help them out. Mm-hmm. Those would be, and it all, of course, depends on financial situation, cap space, and what he's asking for, contract demands. But those would be the three teams I would think would line up as the ideal fit for a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Now, with that being said, we got a lot more out of that than I thought we were going to. That went a little little longer than I expected. It's all but good, though. We got time, though. We got time. So let's take a little bit of that time okay. to get our first break in. We'll be right back. More after this. Mike Jones, John Brown, offense, defense, and discourse. Mm-hmm. 
when you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pull me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. Offense, defense, and discourse. Oh, man, we're talking today. We're getting having a good time getting into it. And Free Antonio Brown. Free AB. It's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's he coming. To be, he about to be set free. It's, uh, <laughs> That doesn't seem like they're actually holding them hostage. But no. no, I think that well, and I know we're we're technically moving on, but I think like the Roonies and the Steelers are the type of organization that run off a lot of pride, you know, good or bad, you know, right or wrong, I don't know, but they're like, bro, you don't want to be here, peace, you know, we ain't we ain't got to deal with you, yeah. and that could be a good, you know, that. I'm, I'm not saying that's a good way of thinking about it, but I think that's where they are. Yeah, we'll see especially, what happens. Especially after this Bell stuff. They're just like, you know what? We ain't got time for dudes who don't want to be here. Like I said, we will see we what will happens. See. We'll, we will see. But question for you. Did you see it's rivalry week in college basketball? Yes. Did you see yes. Dork, Duke versus North Carolina? Yes, I week? saw all I needed to see. <laughs> You saw all you needed. I saw I saw the New York Knicks fans all collectively had their hearts jump into their throats. <laughs> you know what I initially thought? What, what, what were we thinking? Because I know where you're going with this. You, 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 I don't of know if you, you do. I think you're talking about Zion Williamson going down. That was part of that was something that happened that game. Okay. Yeah, that was part of it. Well. I, my initial thought was as soon as he went down, I said, perfect. Now the Sixers can draft him because they like to draft players who are going to sit and be injured for the first year. We're not likely to have a lottery. I, I know. I, I, come on, man. I don't need you. <laughs> Stop ruining my good jokes with your logic, man. I was just saying. It's like, all right, he's hurt now. He'll be out for, you know, sprained knee, sprained MCL. Sixers stretched that out for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're calling it a mild sprain. For anyone who doesn't actually know what a sprain is, a sprain is a partial ligament tear. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how mild that could actually be, but there is a tear in the ligament. It's just not a complete tear. So mm-hmm. it's a sprain, not a tear with the air quotes up. But I, I think the basketball world did get they, – they got scared for a second there. Hearts jumped in the throats. Seriously, when that happened. I mean, it's basketball. Injury, 
Anytime you step on the court, injuries are risk. But when what are we going to do? But when you're dealing with a player who's, you know, the overall consensus number one, who people have been saying is the best thing in college basketball today, you know, the next chosen one, whatever cliche you want to add I don't to know him. that he's even the best player on his team right now as far as pro prospects. Really? 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 Who really? would you put ahead of? Who who do you think could be as ahead far of as NBA prospects? He has two teammates who could be better pro. Who? You say who? Like you don't know Reddish and Barrett? No, uh, uh, no, they, no. They I'm are, just saying put put but, their names. But they are both mm-hmm. capable of being better pros than Zion Williams. Zion Williamson has a lot of work to do mm-hmm. to be an NBA agree, ready prospect. Agree. I guess for me, I'm more leaning towards hype. In the sense, in the sense that he's been hyped as this, you know, the next big thing in, in basketball. So to see the next big thing crumple down thirty three seconds into a game, mm-hmm. that's gonna cause that that's gonna cause uh, you know some what's the you know hype that's gonna cause some concern was- that's gonna cause you know maybe even overreactions. And I'm go. I'm blanking on a name right now. Mm-hmm. I'm tr- maybe you can help me. Okay. Number two overall pick out of Arizona, few years back. He was kind of a tweener, small forward, power forward. Do you remember who went first that year? It. I don't think that that. I don't think that was the John Wall year. Oh boy, you going? Oh, you going way back. That's not that far back. Yeah, I but mean, that's anyway. still five, six years? Six, seven years? Yeah. I mean, it was a few years back. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't ancient history. Mm-hmm. Derek Williams in 2011. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, that's still, I mean, that's still eight years ago. It's eight years ago, mm-hmm. but eight years ago is not, it's not an extremely long time ago. Mm-hmm. But what, So what about him? What? Do you remember what the what the scouting report on Derek Williams was? No. What he came, exactly. That freak athlete, mm-hmm. very explosive, mm-hmm. very powerful. Not sure what his position will be in the NBA. He's kind mm-hmm. of a tweeter between the three and four. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really have great ball skills to play the perimeter. Jumper is kind of streaky, inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Little short, little undersized to play the power forward, though. And what does that? Who does that sound like now? I see what you say. You you sound sounds like what they're saying about Zion. So it's not. I'm I'm, please not. Don't take this to say I'm saying Zion Williamson will be a bust. He's a freak athlete. He's Mm -hmm. a special athlete. No, but but skill wise, there's a lot of work to be done. Mm -hmm. A lot of work to be done. Don't worry. Well, when he and, goes to the Knicks and uh, and, and Fizdale's out there coaching him up, these are those times I wish this was a TV show. The world needs to see your face right now. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm I'm listening to you. You're talking about him going to the Knicks, going to the Knicks. as a positive for his career. <laughs> Well, who's the last person going to the Knicks was a positive for their career? Kristaps <laughs> Well, Going to the Knicks really a positive for his career? He just got traded. He didn't want to be there anymore. 
Remember right. when he got drafted? Oh, Philly don't draft me. I don't want to go to Philly. Yeah, I want to go to New York. He, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go to a team that was rebuilding. He didn't want to be part of the now, process. And then he went to New York. Oh, I don't want to be here anymore. Now he's in Dallas. With a, is he? You know, was who's the last? Uh, so I get. I asked. Mm-hmm. Last person going to the Knicks was actually good for their career. <laughs> Allen Houston. That's probably right. Mm-hmm. He's probably the last. Well, one. you know what? No, because the Knicks didn't draft Allen Houston. He got, but when he went there, it was decent because he went there from Detroit. It was because mm-hmm. de- he was in Detroit with okay. Grant. Are you talking about a Knicks? Actually, draft it pick? might not have. Well, he, they made the finals run with him, so yeah. I'll give him that. Are you talking about a Knicks draft pick or a Knicks acquisition? Um, any acquisition. The last one might be Allen Houston. Spreewell. That was the same time. That was the same time. Larry Johnson, you know, filling out that roster, you know, when they moved. So what you're saying is the late 90s. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. It's been 20 years since going to the Knicks has been good for anyone's career. Mm. No, you're right. You're right. But they got Fizdale. They're going to sell the team. James Dolan's going to sell it. He's not selling that team. (laughs) You don't think James Dolan's going to sell the team? They just valued the Knicks as still being the most valuable NBA franchise, and that value is only going up. Yeah, he's, yeah. If he if he's going to sell that team, it won't be anytime soon because I could see the value doubling over the because next he 10 own, years. Because he owns MSG, too. Would, would that be part of the deal? If you bought the Knicks, would you own MSG? I'm know? not sure. I'm not. I don't think. I believe he owns MSG, not the Knicks owning okay. MSG. So I don't believe it would be That's a package, a package deal. deal. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. No, I mean you're. I mean, you're right about the Knicks. Knicks been cursed since they traded Patrick Ewing. I mean, the Knicks might have been cursed while they had Patrick Ewing. Well, I mean, they're they're a blown finger roll should have been dunk away from from winning it all exactly. Yeah, or at least going to another finals appearance, beating, beating the Bulls. I think that was actually the Pacers. Was that the Pacers? Or was yeah, that, the, that was the Pacers. Oh, was, was that the year? When? That was the year Mike was retired. The f- mm. Houston's first championship. Okay, you know, you're right. You're right. Because the Pacers then lost to the Magic in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. And the Magic went on to the finals. Exactly. Okay, you're right. You're right. Bringing up old stuff, man. Bringing up old stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I guess, what do you think about this talk about Zion? People telling Zion, you know what? Just you, you proving what you can prove. Just sit out and just wait for the draft. Are you cool with that? Because I, I, all right, I, I, I see. I view you as someone who you, you perfectly walk that line between traditionalism and conservatism, and then can sometimes hang with the new kids in, in a new <laughs> way of thinking. So it's like so so situations like this, I never know where you're going to stand. Are you going to stand where people say, Hey no man, you, you, you committed to Duke, you play out the season, you take it as far as you go, hey man, college basketball is great, you have an opportunity to play in March Madness, or you like, you know what? As you're seeing more players adapt that whole you know, the the whole college football way of thinking like, hey man, you ain't playing for it all, so just I would prepare put- for the I would say it this way. It would truly depend on the nature and extent of the injury. Because they're saying a 
mild sprain, partial sprain, whatever they're saying. We don't know exactly how bad it is. Okay. But if it's something that could be 100% in two weeks, sit out for two weeks of play if you're truly going to be 100%. Mm. If you're not going to be 100%, don't play. Mm-hmm. If you're 95%, don't play. If you're 99.9%, don't play. If you're 100%, go play ball. Hmm. I don't want you to foolishly risk further injury. But if you're healthy, keep your commitments to your teammates and your your, not not just your coaches, but your teammates especially. Because this could be their only chance to win a national championship too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's not like you're a kid at Alabama and you're in the fu- in the playoff every year. Every College year, basketball, yeah. even if you're at a team school like Duke, uh, making a Final Four or a championship run is a very difficult thing. Yes. So it's more than one game. You know, you're you're talking about almost a month worth, of, an extra month worth of games. Mm-hmm. In a one and done situation where any slip up on a one night can cost you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Asking college kids to maintain that level of consistency, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that whole? What do you think of the whole? This this debate now. Do you like it? Do you think like it's ruining college sports? People there are people who think this debate is horrible. They think it's a terrible thing. And then there are other people like, hey, you know what? It's the nature of the beast. That's just where this is now. People talking about how this is a business, and now kids are making business decisions. Or where do you stand on this? Well. It's always been a business. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we know that. And believe it or not, kids have always made business decisions. The thing is that the people in the ownership positions have shifted their decision making model as well. They used to value things like toughness. I want to know that this kid's willing to gut it out and go every night. Now they would value things like, I'm about to put $10 million into this kid, so I want to know he's going to be around for the next 10 years, Mm -hmm. his availability. So as those priorities shift, the decision-making matrix for the players has to shift as well because a player could say, well, yeah, I'm out here being tough and gutted this out, but now I just damaged my knee and shortened my career by two, three years, and that took off value of my future earnings. So there is a balance to it. Mm. And these 20 years ago, nobody, player or GM, was thinking about three years down the road. Mm -hmm. The priority was what's the best team we can put together this year? What's the closest we can get to winning this year? Mm -hmm. Priorities have shifted. We're we're in the post Sam Hankey era where people are putting six seven year plans together now mm-hmm. for how they envision developing their team. Sometimes that de- might mean tanking. Sometimes that might mean we have a five six year window to win now if we make the right moves. Mm-hmm. But in either case, everyone is playing the long game now. So, I if Zion says I'm not a hundred percent. He, mm-hmm. I'm not mad at him at all. You know that's that's his right. He's protecting his future, which he should. But 
I'm not a fan of anybody saying, well, I'm healthy, but I'm scared I might get injured. No. Yeah, yeah. That bothers me. Yeah. If you're healthy, you're healthy. Go, mm-hmm. Especially football's different. Football, you can get injured on any given play playing football because of the nature of the game. You're mm-hmm. t- two 250-pound guys running full speed, hitting each other. That's different. Mm-hmm. I understand sitting out a bowl game, especially, you know, the valuecoupon.com bowl or something. <laughs> no, I understand. So that, but you're you're a part of a team that has real championship aspirations. Don't don't take that away from your teammates. I understand. I understand, and uh, I guess it it will be very interesting. And uh, and I I know you said you wanted to kind of jump around, and but I feel like you see different you see different aspects and levels to this conversation throughout basketball whether on the pro level whether on the college level you're seeing right now zion williamson who pretty much is the consensus number one pick in the draft has a decision to make Mm -hmm. he got he finds himself injured the second week of february championship week is two weeks away Mm -hmm. march madness is little under a month away what do you do because you know that the draft is in four months. But so, you know, he has a decision to make. I look in the pros, I see Anthony Davis, what he's doing, what's going on in his situation. Now, I understand, I'm not saying that the two. The two don't, yeah, yeah, the two don't compare to me at all. They don't compare to me at all. For one big reason Anthony Davis is getting the paycheck. Oh, well, well, he's, I, he's not going to stop getting. He's I bring it, well. I bring up. I bring up Anthony Davis for for this. You know, he's in. He's make. He has a. He's making a business decision. Not. I'm not comparing the two, saying that they're similar situations. Other than the fact that Zion Williamson has a, a decision to make, Anthony but, Davis has a decision to make, and that's the and, only and, similarity. And I, and I understand what you're saying, but I don't like the comparison at all. Mm-hmm. Well, because, it's not really uh, a comparison. Let me, let me fin- a no, no, no. Let me finish. I don't. I don't like the like even. Uh, analogized to it all, even bring them up in the same breath, because I don't want anyone to hear the two situations and think they're similar. What Anthony Davis is doing is he gave his word that he was going to, the better or worse, they committed to give him the money in the NBA, a guaranteed contract, mm-hmm. and he committed to doing his best to helping that team win for the term of that contract. Mm-hmm. He gave up on his team early, for better or worse, and he did it publicly. And now he's they're talking about maybe we could shut him down to keep his value up to move him to somebody somewhere else because of what he did publicly. That is not something I think is anywhere near comparable to Zion Williamson. Think of in a being in a situation where he's unpaid and has actually his future to think about versus Anthony Davis, who's getting super max money, big time money to be to be. A basketball player. So you take so you take issue with with Anthony Davis. Absolutely. Okay. I absolutely take issue. If you want, if you want out, fine. Mm-hmm. Y- you have right to go where you want to go. You want to talk to management behind clo- closed doors and say, you know, I don't know if this is the best situation. Maybe we could work something out. Mm-hmm. Great. His people came out and had a press release. We want to get out of here to put the pressure on the organization mm-hmm. to let him out of the agreement that he signed and he agreed to. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. 
you know, there there is a, there's a way to do it. I understand, okay, you decided that you still got this year and next year on the, on the agreement you signed because mm-hmm. you wanted all the money they were offering you. You took all the years guaranteed, and you made the commitment to play for it. Mm-hmm. I, underst- I understand things may not be working, but there's a way to handle it where you don't, Where, like, at this point, it almost feels like I don't want to say you're not a man of your word. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go that that strong with it. Mm-hmm. But y- you are essentially almost, I feel like you're in breach of contract. Okay. If that, if that sounds better, yeah. If okay. It, it sounds like he's in breach of contract. So should New Orleans shut Anthony Davis down. They can't. I mean, I know what the league is saying, but if take away what take away the league stance. Mm-hmm. If you're you're running the uh you're running the New Orleans Pelicans. You have a player under contract mm-hmm. who does not want to play for you. Okay. You can get you can you can get a King's ransom for this player uh-huh. because he's young, he's at his prime, he you know, he's one of the best of the league. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You're stuck with him to the end. Do of I the still day. have to pay him? Yeah. I still want to sell tickets, right? Mm-hmm. He's playing. Okay. How bet? Let, let, let me ask you this question: Your GM of the Lakers, GM of the Celtics, or whatever team you want to be GM of, mm-hmm. how severe would an Anthony Davis injury really have to be for him to lose value in what you would trade? Leg would have to fall off. Or, um, It'd have to be very severe. You know, It'd be like a freak, life-threatening freak injuries yeah. that don't happen extremely often in basketball or any sport. To be quite honest, mm-hmm. if it's something you would figure he'll recover from, yeah. And in the most part, like most most so, of the freakish of injuries are still are still injuries you can come back from. Like you would consider Gordon Haywood's injury a freak injury, right? Mm-hmm. That was a freak injury. Or Paul George. Paul George. And both even of, Sean Livingston's back to playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Well, although he's not the same. Yeah, he's not the, yeah, he's the, not same, the same player. But even but now, Paul but, George and Gordon Hayward have made near. Mm-hmm. Paul George is an MVP candidate. Yeah, absolutely. He's and made Gordon a full Hay- recovery. And Gordon Hayward, he's been a year better later, and better. Yeah, looks better and better and is a contributor. You mm-hmm. know, maybe he's not. You know, at the very least, you could say he's not what he once was, but, but it's still he's early. Not, he's not a full year removed yeah, yet he's, either. Yeah, he's he's yeah. getting closer. Yeah. Well, no, no, he's a full oh, year. Yeah, he's a yeah, full, he's year, a full removed. year removed, but it hasn't but not been a full a, season. Not a full year into his comeback, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. He's a full year removed from the injury, but not a full year back into his comeback. So, mm-hmm. well, that takes time. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Agree. But, yeah, we're – Anthony Davis – yeah, you done with you. You, you look disgusted. It bothers with me. Mm-hmm. It it does bother me. Do you think this is a trend? Do you see this as a trend? Oh, it's absolutely becoming a trend. And certain players, mm-hmm. certain agents, mm-hmm. they, for better or for worse, whatever reasons, feel like they've been put in a position where they have power to make whatever they want happen mm-hmm. happen and they get to structure what team's roster however they want to see it structured mm-hmm. they get to, b- to build a franchise's future in their image so if my if I'm an agent my player signs with 
whatever franchise, and he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. Now we get to determine whatever happens with your franchise for the future. And easiest way to do it is just all the players we want together will just sign with my agency. Mm. And now it's not collusion. I'm just their agent. So in this shift, in, in this shift of power, in this power struggle, however you want to characterize it, do you put the blame on the players or do you put the blame on the team? Both. Okay, how so? The players are, again, forcing themselves into situations where they're essentially trying to impose their will on management. Mm -hmm. And if you're imposing your will on management, that essentially makes you management. Mm -hmm. And like I I mentioned in our first segment, we were talking football, that changes the team dynamic. How do you think Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma or somebody – is supposed to re- respond to LeBron like a teammate when you're at the free throw line and crowds are chanting, LeBron's going to trade you. LeBron's going to trade you. Not the Lakers are going to trade you. LeBron's going to trade you. Mm-hmm. Or you're Luke Walton and whatever talking head sports debate show on TV at the time is using the headline, is LeBron going to fire Luke? Not are the Lakers going to fire Luke. Mm-hmm. Is LeBron going to fire Luke? You see what I'm saying? The dy- Those are not easy dynamics to work with within a team environment. Because now we're supposed to be teammates. But now you, what, you think you're better than me? You think mm-hmm. you're more important than me? Or I don't matter? Mm-hmm. My input doesn't matter. My efforts don't matter. I'm out here working just as hard. You know, It's just an uncomfortable situation. Not saying it can never work, but it does present challenges that don't have to be there in a team environment. And if we're in a team environment at the highest levels trying to do everything we can win, why are we throwing unnecessary obstacles in the way? So from that standpoint, I'm not a fan of what the players are doing. And and from the management standpoint, I'm not a fan of what they're done either because if they had – been always guys in the front offices who were, A, competent in finding, recognizing talent, surrounding their superstars with comparable talents that, complementary talents Mm -hmm. that allow them to build towards winning and are also willing to compensate players fairly not necessarily overpay anybody, but compensate guys fairly, mm-hmm. all while balancing putting together a quality roster, you know, mm-hmm. which is not something every GM has done well either. Mm-hmm. So there's there's pr- shortcomings on both sides. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's I don't know that either side has handled it well either. Let's look. I, I, I want to get your opinion on something. Anthony Davis was selected first in mm-hmm. 2012. Yeah. These are the draft picks that New Orleans has had mm-hmm. since they drafted Anthony Davis. They drafted Austin Rivers, then traded him to the Clippers. What pick number did he go? 
No, he was tenth. Okay. First round, tenth, tenth pick, tenth pick overall, first round. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I'll just go. I'll just go first round picks. All right. Yeah. That's- All right. Next that- year, next year they drafted Nerlens Noel, but in, remember draft day, draft day trade. They traded him to Philly for uh, Drew Holiday. Okay. Drew Holiday is a good player. Drew Holiday is a good player. Good, good. Better player than Nerlens Noel. Good. Okay. So that that pick worked so, out for. Him. There you go. That's that's one move. All right. Didn't have one in fourteen. Didn't have one in fifth. Didn't have a didn't have a draft pick at all in two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a first round pick in two thousand fifteen. Two thousand sixteen, they drafted Buddy Hill. How does that happen? You said they had two years in a row without a first round pick. Yep. That's not supposed to happen in the NBA because of the Fisipian rule. You can't trade out of the first round two years in a row. Well, I'm, I'm looking at their draft. So, I'm looking at their draft history. I'm looking that, at 2013. I'm, I'm gonna have to do some research into that one. Okay. Well, it looks like. Let's see. 2000, uh, 2015. Excuse me. 2016. Buddy Hill didn't have a first round pick in 2017. Looks like they didn't have a uh, draft pick, a first round draft pick last year. Hmm. Okay, so they haven't had a lot of picks to work haven't with. Haven't had a lot of picks to work and with. Since, and since they got Anthony Davis, they haven't, A, haven't had a lot of picks to work with, and B, and their picks haven't, haven't been, been that great high. because, you know, Anthony Davis makes them at least good enough to be in the playoff uh, race mm-hmm. or, or a lower seed in the playoffs every mm-hmm. year. So, that, so You're in purgatory. Mm-hmm. So a GM's in a tough spot trying to build a roster. GM's in like a tough that. spot in a roster, but meanwhile, the uh, meanwhile the success of that organization, the leg, you know that that's hung up on the legacy of the player. Mm-hmm. You know, either let's see how many how many playoff series has the Pelicans won since Anthony Davis came in the league. Have they a series? Have they? Yeah. How won? many how many playoff series has the New Orleans Pelicans won? I'm because right now I don't I don't think they. I'm won not remembering any. any. I don't think they won any. You look at the star player on that team. I mean, you look when you look to when you look to blame someone, you're going to blame Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Now I understand there are you know there are mitigating factors. You know he's come. You know Anthony Davis has come up in. The age of the Warriors, where the Warriors have now owned the West now for the past almost five years now. That's true. The, it's you know, the Warriors' it, time in the West. It's the, it's the Warriors' time. So it's like when you look, it's like you look at those players who came up in the East in the Michael Jordan era. Where it's like, you know, you always had Jordan keeping them down. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know that's, that's almost the situation we have now. Is it? There's a difference between not being able to get to the finals mm-hmm. and struggling to get, get in the playoffs the okay. and not being able to get out the first round. Do you, do you put do you put the Pelicans' inability to win a playoff series solely on Anthony Davis? No. And I've heard people try to present the narrative where it's like, oh, he's already proven you can't win with him as the best player. I don't know that to be true. Mm-hmm. What I do know is that if you put Anthony Davis on the bad on a bad team, he makes he them, makes them, them too good to get better. Mm, okay. Now I don't know if you heard what I said. Yeah, you too put, good to get better. If no, you I put him exactly. on a bad team, 
they're too good for the team to get better. It's similar to mm-hmm. the Andre Iguodala years in Philly. Okay. He was good enough to make them that 7-8 seed in the playoffs every year as the number one option, mm-hmm. but not good enough to push it further is mm-hmm. that. Good enough to win and a game in a, play, a playoff series every year. Good, good enough to, yeah. They won one playoff series, and that was when the, there was an injury. Yeah, yeah a freak injury. A one freak of, injury. Mm-hmm. So, it's like I like Derek, that was the year Derrick Rose got Derek, hurt. Yeah, Derrick Rose also. got hurt and Joe Kim Noah. Because mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, that was both. Maybe Joe Kim Noah stays hard. Joe Kim Noah stays healthy for that entire series. Chicago probably could have still won. So, Anthony Davis, similar to what was happening with Philly in the Andre Iguodala years, that led to the Phillies' now famous prom- or infamous process, mm-hmm. was the fact that they were stuck. <laughs> Where in a situation where you have good players on your roster, mm-hmm. a couple of them. One of them, Drew Holiday, the same guy who's in New Orleans now. Mm-hmm. New Orleans has Anthony Davis. Philly had Andre Iguodala. Great defensive guys, guys that can get mm-hmm. bucked, but you need more. Yep. Problem is, the problem is you're drafting 10 through 16 every year. Mm-hmm. You're, if you if you have a first round if pick you have all. a first round pick you're not so likely what, to get a stud at ten through it's not mm-hmm. impossible it is possible there no, are, yeah yeah there are teams that find guys in that they're diamonds in the rough you know and but and the people who find players like that are you know it goes a long way into being able to to build and now you you're seeing players who want to take more control over their legacy and over their des- you know their destiny whatever you want to whatever term you want to use I mean th- these are kids who grew up and like it or not they grew up being influenced by hearing all of us debate about players greatness and players legacies based on the number based of rings. On rings based on rings the rings is the thing and they're looking at themselves now and saying is my de- legacy going to be determined because me and Carl Malone and Charles Barkley are all in the same boat now, never winning rings. So mm-hmm. everybody's gonna look at us as, well, he was great, mm-hmm. but you know, he I was mean, a good player. But th- these guys don't want that asterisk, that no. that but at mm-hmm. the end of their name. Like, you know, Kevin Durant didn't want everybody to say he was really good, but mm-hmm. so from that standpoint, I I understand why. They're moving to do, but it it's not even so, guys looking to get to better teams. Guys are trying to stack the deck to the point where there's no competition. Mm. You get, and it was all it, kind of in response to Danny Ainge in Boston with the team with Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo. That was a very good team that the GM put together. Mm-hmm. LeBron and Cleveland couldn't beat them. So And LeBron decided he couldn't wait for this aging team to break up and see if we could beat them. So he jumped shit. Mm-hmm. Went to Miami. Do you consider it different when a player like LeBron plays out his contract and moves, then an Anthony Davis who demands a trade, or Carmelo Anthony, and I, I know your your feelings on Carmelo, 
But the fact Oh, that I absolutely hate what Carmelo did with how he got to New York. Mm-hmm. If not even talking about his game, how he got to New York, I hate how he ruined New York what New York had going by go by forcing, by the, forcing trade. the trade. No. So he could have waited till summer. And he signed as a free agent and had all those pieces, and, had, and they would not have had to give him all the pieces and mm-hmm. assets they had to send back to Denver. Nope. That had them as a fifty-win team that year. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a fifty-win team who adds a guy of Mark Mello's talent, talent at that year, maybe you're on to something. Mm-hmm. But if you're forcing Denver to make the trade to get you there, Denver's going to want something back. Mm-hmm. And the way NBA rules are, it's got to match work financially too. So the question I'm asking, I'm putting LeBron leaving, LeBron going to Miami in free agency. You're a free Mello. agent. You're a free agent. You can go wherever you want. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bother me. You played out your contract. LeBron played every year, every minute of that contract mm-hmm. as hard as he could, trying to win games in Cleveland. He let his contracts up. He wants to leave. So be it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily say. Let's go team up with two of the other top five players in the league, and let's just dominate the league. Mm-hmm. But, but if he's a free agent, but if he's a free he agent do. and wants to go where he he wants to go, mm-hmm. that's his choice. Mm-hmm. He, I never questioned his commitment to Cleveland while he was under contract. Mm-hmm. I never qu- questioned his commitment to Miami while he was under contract with Miami. Mm-hmm. I never could. When he went back to Cleveland, I didn't question his commitment to the team or trying to win again. So, I have no issue with when his contract's up. He ha- explores his options to look for whatever contract he thinks is best for him. That, that's what free agency is for. Mm-hmm. That's what the, I'm okay with that. You'll never hear me say, oh, this guy didn't stay in Cleveland for 25 years. He's a, No, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if I have – if I sign a four-year contract, and you're not going to – after two, yeah, okay, and doing it publicly in a manner that exactly. no, destroys I, the locker room, destroys the team. I'm not okay with that. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to hear hear you say. That's that's where I was going with that. Now, if now if I'm not if, if it's really just not working, we can sit down and talk behind the scenes and be like, what can we do to? Is there? Sure, I get it, but keep it in house. Keep it, I, your agent doesn't need to make a press release for that. To try to force the team to get, to force a team to get him to where he wants to go, before the trade deadline, and I'm sure the agent was aware that boss that the other competitor, their trade options were limited before the trade deadline. So let's see if we can force something to get him to where we really want to go. You know? No, I understand. I I understand. And do you think he shot him? Do you think he shot himself in the foot? by not being more willing to go to Boston? I think that hurt the trade market for himself. I think that decreased his value because there's one less team with the ability to offer a valuable package that's now taken out of the race. So I think... He hurt the Pelicans by not being willing to go to the Celtics. I don't necessarily know that he hurt himself, assuming that where he wants to go and what's best for him are the same thing. If those two things are the same, then no, he didn't hurt himself, but he did hurt the Pelicans. 
So, man, how we take this much time, man? You got a lot to say, man. You're, you're <laughs> supposed to keep me in line and not let me run this long. We got oh, break. Man. We got to take a break. Okay, let's do that. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Get a little. Get right back to it. All right. You need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world. Tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then... The dreaded splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. Okay, everybody, we are back. John, it's, the end, it's almost the end of February. Yes, sir. You know what that means? Winter's almost over. Thank goodness. I hate the snow. I don't like I hate the snow. I hate winter. I'm, There's nothing about winter I like at all. I am not one of these people. I, I find people who like cold weather over warm weather, I find them weird. The I only, find people who like cold weather over hot weather weird. The only good things that happen in winter are NFL playoffs and basketball season gets started. NFL would be awesome if it was in the summer. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, it would be. Guys can't play in the summer. That's not my problem. It would be your problem if you're not enjoying the game because everyone's falling out in the middle of a hundred well, degrees. Well, so. yeah, you know what that that true. So. If you, know, all, if the, you well, all your man, players are having heat strokes instead of yeah, playing. Well, I, I don't you're want You're not that. enjoying I, that, I, I, that much. Okay, touche. <laughs> How about this? I would rather watch football in a climate when I'm not cold. How about that? Okay, and all your games have to be indoors essentially, so you can control no, the weather. No, what I'm saying, let them play in the cold. I would rather be warm. You want to be warm while the game's yeah, going yeah. on. I would rather, I would rather, you know. So you'd rather watch the game at home on your big screen than being at the stadium in January. I don't want to be at the state. Well, you know, I, it's maybe so at the long. stadium in in September, but in yeah. December, January, yeah. 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 you yeah. don't want to be there for that one. Give me the home opener. <laughs> I got you. Uh, not the season finale. Give me the home opener. Give me that game. But the thing is, being at the end of winter. Mm-hmm. Means spring is right around the corner. Yes. With spring means spring training. Baseball season. What? It's you that time of, it's that pitchers and catchers are reported. It's that time of year. We're here. I don't think we've talked baseball on this show in months. We haven't. It I mean, baseball has a long, drawn out, fairly non exciting off season, especially this season, because it's so long and drawn out, and your best players, one of them is still unsigned. You I, know, other sports, your best players usually sign first, mm-hmm. and then all the other dominoes trickle so, down from yeah. there. Baseball, the last couple of years, has been going the other way, mm-hmm. 
where your best players sign last because they're trying to squeeze every penny they can out of people in a sport with unlike football or basketball with no salary cap. Mm -hmm. So t they know owners can still pay if they want them. Were you surprised that now that we're in spring training and now we're coming up, we're coming up full rosters of reporting. Yeah. Everybody's there now. Full rosters have reported. Spring training games are coming up in the next week. Mm -hmm. Are you surprised that Matt, that one it took up until now for Manny Machado to sign, and that Bryce Harper is still not signed? No, I'm not surprised at all. I've been afraid to do a podcast on this because I feel like the moment we, the moment I edit this and upload this, mm -hmm. Bryce Harper is going to sign. Quite possibly. And then I'm going to have to call you, but hey, man, you got to come back. We got to do a whole new one. You got to do a new show. Nah, that's not going to happen. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, Manny Machado is now a San Diego Padre after that whole process. And mm -hmm. we, at this moment, as we record this right now, we have no idea where Bryce Harper is going to end up. All right. You know, and I'm, and I'm check, pull up my phone, my, see if yeah, I miss me, something. Me too. Me too. Because I know now that we've committed to doing a podcast segment on this topic. I mean, it is what he, it is. He's likely to sign as soon as we finish. Of course. He's not going to sign while we're doing the show where we can then change, you know, we can pivot, we can jump into it. Wait, wait. But but this oh, guy. I, I saw I thought I saw you looking at your phone. I this guy's been this. likely to sign somewhere apparently for the last two months. The rumors That's, have been crazy, man. And it's, it's it's not one team. It's, it's everywhere. Washington, they're in it. They're out of it. The Yankees are in it. They're out of it. The White, White Sox, Sox are in it. They're out of it. The Giants. Dodgers cleared their rosters. They could have space. So they Padres. could be in it. They're out of it. The Padres were in it, but then they got Machado. Expos, so they're it just you know it doesn't matter. You know the the. Tokyo Water Dragons. I mean, I, I guess matter. everybody's in on everybody's it. Everybody's in on it. Here's the thing about this whole Bryce Harper thing. I've been, I've done a good job of consistently hating Bryce Harper since he got in the league because he played, he played for, for a rival team. A division rival. He played for a division rival. I've hated Bryce Harper since he came into the league. Mm -hmm. And I've been fine hating Bryce Harper since he came into the league. But over the last six, seven months, I've finally gotten to a place where I can accept him. I don't hate Bryce Harper anymore. I could probably, you know, in fact, if he signs with the Phillies, I will learn to love him. In fact, I don't even need to learn to love him. If he signs with the Phillies, I will instantly love him. He will, you know, he will go from being so he. This will be the opposite of Levar Arrington, <laughs> someone I loved for a long time, who then went to a team that I hated. Then I hated him for the rest of his career. This will be the opposite of Saquon Barkley. This will be someone I've hated, who I now love, and I'm at the point where it's like, look, you need to make a decision. Either you're going to be on my team and I can love you or I can go back to hating you. Because if you if Bryce Harper signs with a team other than the Philadelphia Phillies, I will hate that man for the rest of his career. Let's see, I was about to ask you a question, but I think you just answered it. I was going to ask you, is all of this good for baseball? And based on the answer you just gave, gave me, I'd have to say yes, it is. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it keeps it, it keeps things exciting. You seem to have an emotional, be emotionally invested yeah. into what's going on yeah. in baseball December through February now. Yeah, I'm 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 paying attention. And I'm there's nothing it. going on in baseball from December to thing. February. Not a thing. Couple trades, couple signings here and there. They're all real spread like, out. I like what the I like what the Phillies have done this off season. They've made some good additions. And it's going to be interesting to see how some you know position battles play out. They've made some moves. They they you know they're clearing the way for some youngsters to uh, to come up. And you know, baseball off season can be you can find excitement. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's exciting, but you can find cause for excitement. And this whole Bryce Harper thing, it's it it plays into uh- it. All right, so let's get away from the Phillies for a second. Okay. Let's talk the San Diego Padres. They just spent $300 million over 10 years on Manny Machado. Do you think this means the San Diego Padres are, will be able to compete? Maybe not right off the bat because I think you're – but you, I think initially when he signed, mm-hmm. there were a lot of people like, like what? Like he went there? Looking at the Padres because they didn't make the playoffs this year. Not they God. are actually they had they're in a tie for most losses by a team to sign a hundred million dollar free agent the following year, mm-hmm. and they're in. First place for most losses to team to sign a two hundred million dollar free agent the following year, mm-hmm. and they actually paid three hundred million because they they had ninety six losses last year. That was the number. Ninety six losses. losses. They, they had four short of a hundred losses last year, mm-hmm. and they just paid three. They just paid three hundred million for one player. So. Is one player really going to get rid of 40, 50 losses? No. But I think the cons- the thought that I've heard the most, and I I, I say this having not fo- – I don't follow the Padres very closely. But the, the thought that I keep hearing is their team a very – they have a very good farm system, a very deep farm system with some players who will be ready to make that next step in the next couple of years. And you know what I immediately thought of? What do you think? A few years ago. Well, I shouldn't say a few years ago. It's a good way back now. Somebody else got, I think it was a 10-year contract to leave and go to a team that supposedly had good young talent mm. and a good farm system and was supposed to be on their way up and ready to compete. Mm. His name was Alex Rodriguez. Mm. And he got signed by the Texas Rangers. Yeah. How'd that work out? Didn't work out. And do you remember what I tweeted when we found out Machado signed with the Padres? No, no. I asked a simple question. How long is it going to take for the Padres to remember who they really are and trade Machado to the Yankees? Because mm. that's really where I see this ending up. The Padres, 
They're going to have a lot of money invested in a situation that's not working out too well for them. Machado's going to realize, oh, man, I've been here two, three years, and we can't win. We're not getting any better. And he'll end up on the Red Sox or the Yankees in three or four years. think so. Yeah. Not the Phillies. Not the Phillies. Phillies out here talking about spending stupid money. Because in three or four years, that stupid money is going to Mike Trout. Mm. Yeah. So that's they're probably more likely to have Harper and Trout than Machado in at that point. I would love that. Well, I, I would th- be in I baseball think every Philly, I think every Philly fan would love that. I, I would be in baseball heaven. Yeah, I mean, you do that, you got a real team, but – ODD night at the ballpark. ODD <laughs> at CBP. Oh, we'd have to do it. But, you know, that's not till 2020, after 2020, well, we 2021. Got, we, we, got, we got time to plan this. ODD night at, at CBP. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Do you go, do, you go, do you go watch baseball often? I do. Okay. Baseball, to me, is best enjoyed at the ballpark. Yes. Agreed. You know, you get yourself a nice evening game in mm-hmm, the summer. Yes. Yes. Cool of the day, sun's starting yes. to go down, nice yes. breeze running and yes. coming in. Agree. The pace of the game facilitates being watching, at the game. You're watching a game, TV, yeah. you're like, uh, what's yeah, going boring, on? I'm going to get up and I'm Agreed. distracted. Agreed. But I'm at the game. I could get, get up, go get mm-hmm. myself something to drink, a snack, come I don't back, even need, sit down. Like, get, I didn't miss too much. I or can, if I had to all, go to the bathroom or something, or I could look at the person. All, all, I, need, all I need for baseball and – and I, I I probably got this from my pop, but you know I would go see baseball with him. We go see whatever them dudes selling peanuts. Get a couple bags of peanuts mm-hmm. and maybe a drink or two. Hey. And that's all you need. You don't need much. And then my 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 little area when we get when when the game is over. My little area, my, my whole just but, covered with. But with, my with, point is this: you get up to go get anything at a basketball game. How much did you miss? You missed a lot. You can miss you get up to go, yeah. You get up to go get anything at a football game. How oh, much? Oh yeah, you, you miss a whole lot. Yeah. You get up to get something at a baseball game. How much? You ain't miss nothing. You didn't miss much at all. You ain't miss nothing. And that's what I mean. The pace is perfectly yeah. suited to attend the game live. Mm-hmm. No, I love. No, I love watching baseball live. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I told you I, I lived in Baltimore. Went to a lot of Orioles games. Camden Yards is a nice ballpark. Beautiful park. One of the greatest parks to watch live baseball. Have you ever been to Camden Yards? I have. Great park. Now, now we've we've disagreed previously on exactly how high on the list it is, but I think we both agree it is a very great. It's a great ballpark. It's a great ballpark. I've been to see because unfortunately, not a lot of my friends are big baseball fans. I've gone to see Orioles games by myself. I had the I like baseball. I had the misfortune slash fortune, whatever you want to call it, of living in Baltimore through pretty much a lot of the, the Orioles' lean years. Mm. So tickets were always easy to get, but it's still a great ballpark. So I'd go there, you know, like, and also work for a job that that I, that got tickets easily, and they would give them out. Mm-hmm. And I'd always, you know, they have a little raffle. And, you know, nobody wanted a ticket, so all you had to do was just put your name in a raffle. You're almost guaranteed tickets. So, you know, it's like, oh, we got tickets to such and such game. All you got to do is come down there and put your name on the list. And I'd always be like, looking around, okay. Put my name on the list. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I'm coming. You know, I got tickets. I always got tickets. 
friends don't ever want to go. Went to opening day a couple years ago. Well, it's more than a couple years ago, probably about 15 some years ago. Orioles played the Indians. It snowed. Went by myself because none of my friends wanted to go. Mm-hmm. It was a snow delay, and the game went to extra innings, and the Orioles were bad that year. <laughs> I didn't even move down because I wanted to get caught on television. So my whole section was like, I stayed the whole game. I think it went 14 innings. Yes. I stayed the whole game because I wanted to get caught on TV. I don't know if I got caught on TV or anything. I'm just sitting up in my little section by myself. Uh, see, if you're going to be doing that, you got to you gotta have the game mm-hmm. being recorded on DVR yeah. or something while you're there mm-hmm. in case you it's get caught on TV. No, you, I, I was just like, it, it spurred them up. I'm like, all right, you know what? When this game is extra long because I think it was an afternoon. It was a late afternoon game, like a 4 o'clock game because it was a season opener. So it's not like I was there late, you know. Mm, okay. Like I'm, you know, I'm still leaving this. So extra you know, innings, you're out of there by maybe nine. nine. Yeah, nine. Yeah, about nine o'clock. So it's not like I was there, you know, there in the middle of the night, and that was the only reason I stayed. Like if it was a seven o'clock game, and it snowed, and mm. you know, it went that late, I'm like, look, I'm out. I'm, you know, I'm good. All but right. but nonetheless, to the point that we're making because we're on a tangent is that is baseball is just great is a great sport to see to see live to see live, and you know it's 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 awesome, and I would love to see live Mike Trout and Bryce Harper in Phillies uniforms. I I was hoping, to, and. How we get back? Weren't we just talking about Machado and where the pot, pot could the pot? We're talking about win? all of them. Well, here's the thing. Well, <laughs> I'm just messing with you because I know you're, you know, well, you, you can't well, help yourself. No, you, you you can't. I guess to me, I know I've talked to you about teams playing like their best player, mm-hmm. and I always wondered how teams can fare with Manny Machado being the best player. I don't have the same reservations about a team with Bryce Harper being the best player or a team with Mike Trout being the best player as I have with a team with Manny Machado being the best player. Um, And I'm speaking specifically, this whole thing about his hustle could very well be something blown out of proportion. It definitely could be. But nonetheless, you know, it's still... If you want to call it a red flag, you know, I understand I'm dancing around the fence right now. You want to call it a red flag and not, I don't know. But I have reservations about a team with Manny Machado being the best player on that team because teams play like your best player. Your best player is somebody who's known to not hustle, who's known to take plays off, whatever, whatever. That worries me. I don't know that I necessarily completely subscribe to the idea that your team's going to play like its best player in a sport like baseball specifically. However, I do feel like it's difficult to coach the rest of your team when your best player doesn't give maximum effort and isn't coachable. I I will say that. And Going back to a basketball analogy, an analogy outside of baseball, Tim Duncan and the Spurs, the fact that he would allow Popovich to yell at him, coach him hard, 
chastise him and correct. He's Tim Duncan. He's the man. He's one of the greatest players ever. Most people have him somewhere in the top ten, de- definitely top twenty all time player. And and he would allow the coach to yell at him in yeah. front of everybody, and him allowing the coach to coach him set a precedent where for the rest of the with the rest of the yeah. team, everyone else. So that's the part. Where How much I of that do you think he he got from David Robbins? Some, mm-hmm. but I also think that Tim Duncan was the type of kid who, while extremely talented and gifted and confident, mm-hmm. was grounded and humble. Okay, so he did his what three four years in college and mm-hmm. was 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 very soft spoken and was never flashy in the way he went about doing anything. He just did his jo- worked yeah, hard, his did job. his job, and agreed. Agreed. So, so I, th- some of it, I do think he he had a great veteran leader to provide an example for him and David Robinson when he came into the NBA. So I'll never discount that that effect, that benefit of having a guy like David Robinson there and head ahead of you when you come into a league. But I also think Tim Duncan was the type of guy who was just kind of wired that way, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and Machado, I think, whether or not the entire team would take after him, mm-hmm. if he's the best p- player on your team, he's the type of guy who I don't think is necessarily wired to go all out every play. Mm-hmm. And if I can't coach him, it gets hard to coach the young kids who are. So, from that standpoint, in a sport like baseball, that's where I say the Manny Machado effect could be a negative one. Now, if you put him on a team with a lot of established veterans who know what they're doing and they're going to go out there and give it, give it all, every, lay everything on the line, hustling every night, then put, throwing a Machado out there, even if he is the most talented player, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But if you have a team with youth, a team – with inexperience, a team that is yet to make it over the top to get over the hump. I don't know that while as talented as he is, that Machado is the guy that could single-handedly change that for you. That That's how I would look at it with, that, with a guy like Machado, which is why I say in three years you'll see him on the Yankees who have an established roster and he could just be another guy. Well, then I could definitely hate. Well, you know what? The days of Red Sox players being less hateable than Yankees players are that, oh, that's, that's over. Yeah, yeah, They're all hateable now. Yeah, yeah, you can hate them both now. You can hate them both now. So look, we'll we'll, we'll see like, where we'll see where this all. The Yankees are the Sith, and the the Red Sox are, you know, who are the new ones now? And the, the new. I'm, I'm not a Star Wars dude. You're not a Star Wars guy. No. Well, obviously, you not one either. If you didn't know, I uh, I do. I'm trying to remember. It was the um anyway, the first order. That's okay. who it was. Okay, it was the fir- the Sith of the first in the first trilogy. The and the first order in the new trilogy. Okay. That's who it was. All right. Well, look, they're both hateable. They, the they're point. both bad guys. They're, both they're just bad different guys. Yeah, no, I understand. Only good guys are the Phillies. 
Well, I, I guess that depends on what part of the country people are listening to yeah, us in. Yeah, no, understood. I, I, I know I, I know I bring a lot of homerism to your, uh, to your show. Hey, and I appreciate you. I'm you, not mad at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you, everyone knows who my, what teams I have mm-hmm. personal affinity for. Yes. But, you know. I, I, but yeah, you still want to hang on to this whole objectivity thing and being fair and, absolutely. and, and being unba- you know, being balanced. The and people all that. deserve it. Do they? Yes. Oh, okay. They do. Well look. That way when I look them in the eye But and you're not tell, looking them in the eye. Or that way when I look you in the eye okay. and I look at you and say, John, yes. people are idiots. People don't know sports. People need to stop disagree- disagreeing with me. <laughs> you know, well, well, th- it means something because I know I wasn't being biased. Okay. Well, that, that being said, you know, I'll probably never stop disagreeing with you because, quite frankly, it's fun. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I say that in full acceptance of my own bias. You know, it is what it is. You know what else it is? What's up? It's time to go. Okay, all right. Well, look. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. We'll be back next week. Offense, defense, discourse. Mike Jones, John Brown. Catch you next time. Hey, real quick, can I I remind them about the podcast? Oh, go ahead. We got to take care of business. Okay, all right, real quick. Download this podcast, soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports, or on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and uh, search Best in the World Sports Report, and you can hear me and Mike Jones, or Mike Jones and I, whenever you want. Download the podcast. There you go. That's it. That's all I That's it? That's it. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can listen listen to us, what, on the radio, Free Agent Radio. Every Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Yes. And if that's too early for you, we're on the West Coast feed, SeattleHipHopRadio.com, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern. And for the night owls, the people who just love that nighttime, you know, that that overnight stuff. Mm -hmm. Tell them where. 2 a.m. on PhillyGoFlow.com every Sunday. There you go. Early Sunday. Early Sunday or whether you consider that late Saturday. Late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, somewhere in there. 2 a.m. John and Mike, we'll we'll talk to you until you fall asleep. Hopefully you won't fall asleep until after the show, though. That's kind of counterproductive, though, isn't it? If they're trying to sleep. Well, who cares if you're trying to sleep? Why would you try to sleep if we're on? There you go. Exactly. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.